<laughs> Welcome to the second podcast, the This Is Your Village podcast. I am speaking with Ruth Yoder. Hi, Ruth. Hey, Amy. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing well, thanks. I um, have been wanting to get you on as one of my guests. Beginning, we started with a great, and I wanted to move on to um, you next. Did you know that you were my second, the one I always had in mind for the second podcast recording? I did not know that. I, it's yeah. true. <laughs> um, and you have been at Portico for how long now? I have been at Portico since I think t- mm, 2014, January of 2014. Wow. So seven wow. years. You're, you're becoming an old timer there. I know. <laughs> and you are, you are not local, but you're not far from local. Where are you from originally? I'm from Madison originally. And you Madison. to Charlottesville because? I moved to Charlottesville um, because, well, for a couple reasons, but my, my family was mostly moving out of Madison. And then I was also studying at PVCC. And, um, so I moved into Charlottesville. I had a brother who was already living here, um, and I was going to school here. So I moved here just to be closer to school and, and everything. And, um, you actually have a lot of brothers. I do. I have four brothers and I am the only girl in the family. That is, you must be the toughest, coolest girl then (laughs) I like to tell people that when I was younger my brothers picked on me a lot um but then when they got older and when they started liking girls then they started practicing being nice to me um practicing being nice to girls (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) I my oldest my oldest brother um about the time he started dating he took me out on a few dates so um, oh, that's practice. so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm, I'm ever hopeful about McKenna's chances for her brother's turning sweet like that. <laughs> she, she's a tough girl, too. <laughs> I'm sure she is. <laughs> well, what did you study? Uh, you were at PVCC and then UVA, correct? You graduated yes, from UVA? Yes. Um, I majored in English at UVA. And you actually really liked a part of uh, English literature that I read is gothic literature, gothic literature. I really enjoy gothic literature. (laughs) We discussed that before. It's so interesting because most people would, would choose quite frankly, pretty much anything else. I I actually don't know (laughs) a lot of people who love the gothic literature part, but I always was fascinated by it. Yeah. Yes. Um, And you're one of the few English majors that I know myself included, who graduated and used their degree <laughs> for exactly <laughs> think about an English major using and, and maybe maybe not thinking because you, you don't actually teach English per se. What do you do? Yeah, so I don't teach English, but I do tutor writing um, at PVCC. So I tutor writing and I am an academic coach and I teach the freshman orientation class there. What does an academic like an advisor? So it's not like an academic advisor. So I don't help students choose classes or anything. Um, what I do do is if students are really struggling with something in school, 
um, we talk about what it, what are you struggling with and then what can we do about it? So, um, I mean, time management and procrastination are probably the biggest things that students struggle with. So we talk about that. Well, how can you manage your time better? Can we make a study schedule for you? What can we do to keep you from procrastinating? Um, oh my goodness, Ruth. I, I have been wasting all this time when you could have been teaching me so many wise things. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I learned so much just helping other people and my productivity has gotten so much better um, because I've been helping other people with their productivity. So, yeah. Wow, that is awfully good news for me because I feel like I probably need to talk to you about that further in the future. <laughs> And I'm, I apologize in advance if, if people now after this podcast are beating down your door with questions about how they can be more productive and better use their time. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Actually, procrastination is probably my favorite thing to talk about. I love really? talking. Well, as far as the study skill or whatever, like how do you deal with procrastination? That's one of my favorite things. So, yeah. Well, what's your best tip? I mean, my best tip is really, so one of the things that happens with procrastination is people are often like, well, I'm just lazy and that's why I procrastinate. Um, and laziness might be part of it, but there's generally, usually something else going on. And if you can figure out what that other thing is, you can kind of deal with it. Like sometimes people are afraid that they're going to fail. And so they kind of put off doing something or maybe they're easily distracted um, or maybe they're just not motivated. They don't see the reason for doing something. And if you can pinpoint that, then you can, we can figure out how to motivate you or how do we keep you from being distracted and things like that. So those are wonderful yeah. tips. Okay. So I do need to talk to you further about that, <laughs> but I actually, one of the, one of the most fascinating things about you to me is what you do in your spare time for your hobby. What, what yeah. is your hobby? So besides reading, um, one of the things that I really love to do is write. Um, I mean, I think it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like writing has always sort of been something that I wanted to do. Um, and I never really thought I would, but um, I have written, um, I, well, okay, I've actually written like rough, very rough drafts of three novels, but wow. um, I've been focusing on one um, to try to get it polished and ready hopefully to at some point publish it um yeah so well, I, and I, the, I love to write and the topic of that novel is something that I have found fascinating it's a very smart topic and it's very appropriate for and for a lot of people what what is the topic of the novel that you're trying to polish yeah so um I'm single and I'm older than a lot of my friends who have been married for years. Um, and I've been really interested in sort of the, the way the relationship shifts. So um, I mean, I'm thinking even of my very best friends from high school, we were best friends for years and then they got married and they moved away. But when they got married, when they were dating and they got engaged and then got married, our relationship went through this shift. Um, where it, because our lives were changing, their lives were, um, becoming more focused on their families. And so it just, it changes things. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of the focus of the first novel that I wrote. Yeah. So it's maybe not the way you would think of a novel being relationship driven. 
Right. Yes. Yes. Which I'm certain is seeing progression in, in a relationship with a friend. Mm-hmm. Let's take different paths. Mm-hmm. It is. Goodness. Yeah. Movie's done about it. <laughs> and I would. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're writing about it. Because one of the reasons that I wanted you to be uh, the second is because you have just been such an inspiration to me and um, such a source of wisdom. And you were actually in a couple of the small groups that uh, Brenda Griswold and I did when we were doing Bible studies on Monday night. Mm -hmm. That was how I first got to know you. Mm -hmm. And I always found your comments and your insight um, intriguing and appropriate and thought provoking. And so I looked forward to what you and you act a lot of things. I, I wait to see what you have to say about it, which I don't know if many of the women heard you when we were doing our panel discussion, but one of the sweetest parts of that for me was hearing your discussion about your relationship with the Lord and exactly what your walk has looked like over the years and, and how you have gotten closer to and developed a more intimate relationship with God. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, because I'm single, um, I'm not, I don't have a husband, um, to, to go to when things get tough or, um, when I have something that I need to talk about, um, I mean, I have friends that I go to, but I don't have somebody living here in my house to have these discussions mm -hmm. with. And so um, it's really, um, I don't want to say forced, but like it's influenced me to, to bring those things to, to Jesus because he's the one, I mean, he's the one who's here that I have to talk to. Um, and I think, you know, I think a lot, of, actually a lot of my adult years, I didn't really realize that 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 was, you know, I guess one of the benefits of being single um, is that it, it kind of, you, you, you're sort of put more into that, you know, where your primary relationship um, is with Jesus. Not that other people's isn't, but there, if there's not as many, I guess, other relationships taking my time. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have to early in the morning before everybody gets up to have <laughs> undivided time with with Jesus. So um, I much appreciated that, that insight because mm -hmm. I think that that is something that we can all take um, from your insight. Something we can all take away from your insight on it is that having that relationship with Jesus is really important. Mm -hmm. It um, is. And when Paul talks about how important he thinks being single is and actually one of the greats and the singles are two, the two groups of women that get mentioned specifically in the new Testament um, mm -hmm. that get being very important with very important roles in the church. And so one of the things that it's talked about is that, that singles really have that ability to, to give their lives to God, to focus on their service, to focus on their walk with God so I, I very much appreciated that and I've appreciated you um, because you also, wh where do you serve at Portico? Where, where would the women, where, where might they have seen you at Portico on a Sunday morning? So I serve in Portico Kids, um, 
usually two Sundays a month, um, usually at the 11 o'clock. So, yeah. Well, um, which... I'm one of the... Well, I'm one of the kids' coordinators, so um, gotcha. often if we don't have a concierge, I will be doing concierge. Although, if we had a concierge and needed me somewhere else, I would. Um, the the kids' coordinator tends to kind of fill in wherever the need is. So, so they might encounter you in any number of places back they in Portico might, Kids. Yes. <laughs> and when I started in Portico Kids, actually, I was in the playground, which I really loved because. Those kids that age are really fun, but they, they are. <laughs> they're, they're a lot of fun. And you, generally speaking, which service do you go to to attend? So I, well, I usually attend the 11, although because I'm serving at the 11 twice a month, I, that, those Sundays I attend the nine. So two Sundays a month I attend the nine and the rest of the time I attend the eleven. So we've got two chances to see you <laughs> on a Sunday morning during the month, depending on what, what yep. Sunday it is. Um, and what, which do you usually go to? I am in Jack and Linda Hawkshurst community group. Yeah. So I hear great things yes. about that. Yeah. It's a great group. Yeah. Um, I see you talking small. together a lot on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're pretty small, um, which is kind of nice because, yeah, we're a lot of us are introverts, and so it's nice to have a smaller group. Um, but we are growing. We've we've gotten a couple of new, some new people over the last couple of months. So that's also been really fun um, to get to know some more people at Portico. Yeah, I actually think the past year has met um, a lot of new faces, which is extremely mm-hmm. exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that I love about you is that you are a reader. Yes. Yes. And you actually have <laughs> a, a fair, a fairly large collection of books. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That and is even, correct. You've even talked about how fun it would be to, to have sort of a library of sorts. You've talked about that, about how fun it would be yes. to have a library at Portico. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I think that was my other, like when I was a kid, a librarian, I thought librarian was probably the best job in the world. Oh, you and me both. <laughs> oh, sounds like a great um, job to me. Yes. And we, when I was growing up, my church had a little tiny library. And so sometimes, especially now, I think when I see people like recommending books, I'm like, we need a library. We really need a library. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, maybe what we need in the interim is a women's event where we swap books or bring our favorite books and talk about why they're so awesome. Everybody else needs to put them on their list. Oh, that would be fun. I would love It would that. be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Yes, that'd be so fun. Well, I have actually gotten to know you so well in so many ways that every time that I'm standing with you at church... Well, not every time, but frequently, I forget to introduce you to people who walk up because I just assume that everybody knows you, (laughs) (laughs) which has kind of become our joke because I assume everybody knows you. And my husband keeps telling me there's no transitive property of (laughs) doesn't mean everybody else knows them. But um, you are very lovely and you have a lot of well, you have actually lived in at least one neat place in the world that I know of. Can you, can you tell Mm -hmm. us where that is? Yeah. So I lived in China for almost four years total. Um, They weren't all consecutive. I I came back to the States in between. Um, 
but the last time I was there, I was there for two years and I came back in um, 2010, December of 2010. So that was my, that was my, the last time I was there. I haven't actually, haven't gotten a stamp in my passport since, which makes me a little oh, sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what were you doing in China? So I was there, I was there with the mission organization and um, I did a bunch of different things, um, not all at once, but different times that I was there, um, including um, studying the language, teaching English at a kindergarten. Um, and then I had, there were some friends of friends who were over there um, learning the language and they had five kids. So I homeschooled their kids so they could have more time to study the language. And um, I also worked at a Western bakery over there for a while. Oh, and I hear that you have the same passion that I do when it comes to, to baking. What's your favorite thing to bake? Oh, I love bread. I love the smell of bread baking. I think there's nothing like it. And, and fresh bread with just a drizzle of honey. And I'm happy. Oh, oh you and me both. <laughs> Plus, there's nothing quite like I, I would always bake a lot of recipes. You bake two loaves. Um, and mm -hmm. then I would take it and share with somebody, which I think is fun too. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, everybody loves homemade bread. Everybody. Are you kidding? <laughs> Even the people who can't eat it love to I smell know. it. <laughs> it's true. I know. Well, and I didn't even know that you had lived abroad until we were actually at a singles event in February and we were doing sort of a table talk question, get to know you on a game night. And one was tell a story about yourself where you were proud, proud of something that you did I think was about the way that the question went or and you told a really interesting story and it was set um on the side of the world do you remember the story um yeah so I think this is the story, um, although I'm not quite sure what I was proud of with this, but maybe just getting myself out of the situation. Um, <laughs> but I, um, so I lived in China, in Chengdu, China, which is kind of in the middle of China, and it's a city of 11 million people. So, I mean, for reference, like Charlottesville has 45,000 people. <laughs> it's quite a bit more. Students. So if you if you want to think about it, there's like 200 times more people in this city wow. than there are in the city of Charlottesville. So, um, so I, I mean, when I was living there, it was just I, I was a country girl. I had not lived in a city before, and I was just tired of all the people and all the noise. And so, I had gone out to Thailand for a retreat out there, and. While I was out there, I was like, I just, I have to get out of the city and into nature. Like, I just feel closer to God when I'm in nature and I just have to get out of the city. So I borrowed a motorbike from someone and I drove out of the city and up into the mountains and I parked the motorbike and put my helmet over the mirror and I took the key with me um, and I walked, hiked back into the woods and um, kind of with my Bible and my journal and was just like, I just need to like feel close to God. Cause it just felt like the city was, uh, you know, it was just too much noise. I couldn't focus. <laughs> 11 million people. I can't imagine. Yes. So, um, and then, you know, of course I was there on a day when there was like a school group there. So there were all these kids running around. So it really wasn't quiet and peaceful. 
but I did feel like I got to some sort of measure of peace before um, I decided it was time to head back. So I went back to um, where I had parked the motorbike alongside the road and it was gone. The motorbike was gone. Um, And the helmet that I had hung on the mirror was sitting on the ground where the motorbike (laughs) had been. (laughs) Oh, no. So, I mean, I can laugh about it now, but it was, I was like, oh my goodness, this is somebody else's motorbike and it is gone. And I don't have a cell phone because I don't live here normally. So I don't have a cell phone that works here. What am I going to do? So I um, decided, well, I think I'm probably like maybe eight miles from, you know, the um, where I was staying. So I was like, I guess I'll just walk back. Oh, no. <laughs> so I started hiking um, and I didn't get very far. I think I was probably crying at that point because I oh. was just so discouraged. And like, I, I think I really just felt like I had gotten, I, I went to get away with God and then this happened and it was just like an attack, you know, that's sort of the mm-hmm. way it felt. So I was hiking by the road, I'm sure looking very dejected. And then, uh, um, so a song tow, which is like a, it's like a pickup truck with a cab on the back, but it's, a, it's a, like a taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, but you sit in the back um, and, and this guy driving one came by and he was like, oh, do you need a ride? And I was like, well, you know, my motorbike got stolen. He, he, he could speak English pretty, pretty well, um, thankfully. And, um, and then I was like, but I can't pay you. I don't have money on me to pay you. And he was like, that's okay. That's okay. And so he actually drove me back to where I was staying, um, which was not the safest thing in the world um, (laughs) to to hitch a ride with a stranger. Right. Um, But he drove me back and dropped me off. And um, I got back safe and sound. Um, My goodness. Yeah. I, I I can remember when you told that story, I was impressed with, first of all, you're on the other side of the world. (laughs) <laughs> not not in the first place you landed but then you're at a retreat and mm-hmm. decide to take out of the city and up <laughs> by yourself <laughs> and I mean I just that that just sounded like a very brave thing I thought I would be proud of that I'm just telling that yeah. part of the story much <laughs> less having to get yourself home after the- <laughs> wow uh-huh. so you've had some adventures I'm sure that's not the only story you have. I really did no I I sure it's not <laughs> <laughs> see everybody have will have to stories and that was one of them so. oh well see everybody will have to come up to you and get to know you to hear the other hitchhiking story yeah. I can tell there are <laughs> the other hitchhiking stories <laughs> I to tell them now when you see them you'll have to, you'll have to lead with that <laughs> okay <laughs> this one was probably the most interesting of the hitchhiking stories but uh, yeah I would never hitchhike here in the States, but it felt somehow safer over there. So, Isn't it strange how know. things feel different when you're in a different place? It really is. Yeah. I felt that was strange. Well, one of the things that I thought about you too, I also love to be out in nature. One of your hobbies, or writing, or I don't know, is <laughs> um, you like being outside walking. I do. I love to walk. Mm -hmm. Where's your favorite place to walk in Charlottesville? 
Oh, so the place I probably go most often because it's near where I live is the John Warner Parkway. Um, there's mm. like a little paved trail, but I wouldn't say that's my favorite. Um, I don't know what my favorite is. I think I, I've been, I was out um, at um, the reservoir, Ragged Mountain Reservoir. Um, Mm -hmm. a couple of times this spring and I really it's really pretty out there and I really enjoyed that walk a lot and do you go do you go with friends do you have a group that you walk with um so well particularly over the pandemic that was sort of my social activity so Mm -hmm. I had um a couple different groups of friends that we would walk together um so we're probably doing it a little less now now that we can you know eat in restaurants and go to the movies and things like that <laughs> now that we can have our lives back <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah I did have sort of specific groups of friends that I would go with but I do I do like to walk by myself as well um so I generally I do both if you're like me you talking to God while you walk <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> walking is sort of, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I hash out a lot of things when yeah. I walk alone. Although I will say when I'm walking here in the city, if there are people around, I'm often like, okay, I can't, I can't do it when there are people around because that's mm. just, I'll look too crazy. But if I can <laughs> be somewhere where there's not people watching me walk, then I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I, I, I know the people that live <laughs> think I'm nuts because I talk out loud (laughs) all the time when I'm walking and when I'm in the car by myself but that's another Uh story (laughs) yeah (laughs) well one of the things that I have found very interesting as I've talked to the different women of Portico um, especially as we've been focused this year Mm -hmm. is the ways that the different women of Portico have they all have very different ways of doing it and different routines and different things that help them. So I'm asking, what does your Yeah, so I guess just before the pandemic started, um, I think actually this was one of my resolutions in 2020 was to um, take more time. Um, I tended to Before that, I would tend to, I would do a read through the Bible in a year, but I would read through things so quickly that I would kind of, you know, I could tell you the Mm. sort of general what happened, but I wasn't really digging into it. So um, in 2020, one of my New Year's resolutions was to spend more time really digging into God's word and just taking my time with um, what I was reading. Um, And so I have been... um, studying I get co- I have commentaries and I read I have like four different Bible translations that I mm. read from um, and I have like a um, it's a scripture journal so each book of the Bible is separate but it has one page is Bible and then the next page is like a bullet journal oh, um, wonderful. and so I don't really spend a lot of time like writing I don't like write out all my thoughts, but what I do do is if there's something that kind of comes to mind, sometimes it's a verse from a different passage that connects. I spend time um, maybe doing like a a fancy lettering or sometimes I even draw little pictures or um, something like that. And I found that that has really been, 
I really enjoyed that because it's a it's sort of a meditative experience mm. where I'm I'm really focused on the passage as I'm doing things like that, um, or I'll copy things from the commentaries I'm reading into it um, and things like that. Yeah, that sounds um, really think, very interesting. Yeah, I've I've really been enjoying it. I think one of the things that it's been I think that I've really discovered about myself is that this kind of where I really dig in um, is sort of the the way that God gets into my heart and like mm-hmm. really, um, you know, I think before I always would sort of read the Bible and then expect there to be like some big emotional experience. And then I wasn't really, I didn't always feel that way. And I feel like with this study, I, it's just, I feel like it's been working its way deeper into my heart um, than when I, because I'm a fast reader. So when I read quickly, I feel like it doesn't have as much time to kind of, you know, read. So completely. Sometimes I'll have to read it two or three times to let it really sink in. Yeah. I mean, I'll spend like three days in 10 verses, you know, I read it in all the different, I read it in all the different translations and I read commentaries. And I also do like, I'll often watch um, the Bible projects videos on the books oh, I love that, I, those. Book that I'm reading to kind of help me remind me, okay, this is where I am in the big picture of the book. Um, yes. Sometimes I'll look up. Um, so John Piper has a look at the book series where he like goes through different, the verses, each verse and, and talks about it. Sometimes I'll watch those if there's, he doesn't have them on everything. Um, but if there's some for my, so I've, I've been really like trying to gather all these different resources for whichever book I'm reading. Um, that is yeah. so interesting. I didn't know that you, that you had all of those resources and some of those I didn't know about. I didn't know about John Popper Piper's, what is it? Look at the it's, book. Look at the book. He does it on YouTube. And so he'll like post, like there's like five, four or five verses on the screen and he talks and he does like a little, like he'll circle these words and draw arrows and stuff like that as he kind of expounds on it so I bet that's really rich yeah and it really is (laughs) okay well I also have asked this question and I'll I'll ask you and it'll keep me accountable because I'll ask you right out loud is there anything that women's ministry is not doing right now that you would like to see happen or something that we are doing that maybe you want more of or someplace I'm not Mm. hitting at all do you have any thoughts on that I don't, I don't and that's think a tough so. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the book swap would be a wonderful idea, I think. Um, actually, I got <laughs> myself excited about that just talking about it a yeah. few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I, I think that this women's ministry has been really, it's been such a blessing to me because well, I think as an introvert, I just, you know, and we, we talk about this, but I don't know everyone there. I just don't, I just felt for a long time, like I didn't know a lot of people at Portico and I was, you know, too shy or something to get out and get to know people. And I feel like this women's ministry has really opened up a lot of relationships with other women in the church. And that has been such a blessing to me. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear it because y'all Ruth is lovely. Um, If I'm talking to her, I'll be happy to introduce you. (laughs) But but, um, I, 
Ruth, thank you so much for spending part of your, your evening with me. I really appreciate it. And I know that, that you have, well, you've been a blessing to me and just talking to you and hearing your answers, I'm sure is going to be a blessing to those who listen to this. And I hope that even more people will get to know you and you them because of this. That's, that's the aim, right? We're going to all get to know each other, our village. Yes. I'm so looking forward to it. I listened to your, um, interview with Janet, um, just this past week. And I was like, Oh, this will be really fun. I think. Oh yeah. And all the different women. And it could last us for years, especially if the church keeps going. We could do one a week for years. I know. It's like, if we do one a week, like that's only 50 women in a year. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I'm excited. It's got longevity and it's interesting and I'll never run out of interesting people to talk to. That's that's the fascinating part for me. (laughs) Well, Portico women. Remember, this is your village, and we want to get to know each other, so stay tuned for the next edition and the next Portico Woman to uh, be on the podcast, and until then, um, I can't wait to see you.